Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, and welcome to Marriage Helper Live. I'm Dr. Joe Beam with Marriage Helper. We are, we are glad that you're with us today, along with our CEO and our leader, Kimberly Holmes, who leads our organization here. We are a program about relationships. Actually, I pointed to you in the camera. Never showed you there, right? This is Kimberly Holmes right here. There you go. <laughs> it's right. okay. Our listeners don't know the difference. If they can't <laughs> see it, it's fine. Okay, those watching on Facebook, it's just I was pointing and you weren't on the screen, so I thought maybe okay. we'd uh, actually let people see what you're looking. I was like. going to have a grand debut later, but. <laughs> And tell us about this wonderful new garment that you're wearing here. I've gotten so many remarks and comments on this today. So I actually had this made in India back when we were there in February. And I got to pick out the fabric and the cut that I wanted and and all of it. And I didn't think I was going to be able to get it because we were flying out that night. And they said, oh, no, we'll have it delivered to your hotel room before you leave. And it absolutely, it was there. It's lovely. And for those that don't know, the reason that you were in India. Yeah, we were picking up our kids. So we have our daughter, Boomi, who's four and a half years old. She was just here in the office before Nana came and picked her up. And our son, too, his name is Arrow. And they've been home with us for five months now. But, you know, we feel like we've been a family for way longer than that. So they're doing just so well and are just the joys of our eyes and our life and well, it's a wonderful thing that you were able to adopt them, and uh, we're glad that they're here, and they're lovely kids. Yeah, no, Absolutely. they're awesome. Our they're telephone awesome. number, if you'd like to talk with us, is 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. Now, yeah. you can call that number and just listen on your phone if you wish, but mm-hmm. if you'd like to talk to us, whenever you hear the answer, press the number one, and that puts you in the queue, and from there, you'll talk to our call screener. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we'll take the calls as best we can. Now, let's start off with John from Georgia here. Great. John, are you on the air? Can you hear us? I can. Okay, John, how may we help you Hello? today? Yes, can you hear us? Yeah, let me close this door here. Hold one second. Are you there, John? Hello? Sorry about that. Um, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Okay. Um, how may we help you I today? Talk- I talked, I talked to you a while back. Um, um, I'm having trouble with our marriage since last uh, November. My, I found out my wife was having an emotional affair with another man, and uh, um, we went through a lot of counseling. And I think she broke off the relationship for a while, mm-hmm. and then we went to the uh, the workshop in June, which was wonderful. Good. And. Um, but uh, she has since moved out. I mean, she moved out before the workshop. She's been gone mm-hmm. for two months and uh, said it was just temporary to get her senses back and that she was going to come back. And um, I've since found out that uh, she's re- restarted the relationship after the the uh, seminar, mm-hmm. after everything we went through in the training and everything. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe she's in a, a limerence. 
situation, and I uh, I don't know what to so do when she, if she mm-hmm. moves so back in. Can we help you? Uh, you just say she's yeah. moved back in. Is that what you said? She's going to next week, possibly, if she decides. Hmm. She has, her lease is up on her apartment, so she has to move somewhere, mm-hmm. and hoping she'll move back. Um, so you don't know that she's going to move back. You think that's a possibility? I don't know correct? for sure. I, I, we get along really well. I mean, we mm-hmm. we're very friendly, and and um, we even mm-hmm. dated for a while. You know, we would mm-hmm. go out for dinner and have have great times together. And and I mm-hmm. thought it was over. And so how it's not? How can we help you today, my friend? What can we do for you? Well, if she does move back, and uh, um, I find out that she still has an affair going on with this other person, what what should I do? Should I set some kind of boundary that says, you know, if I if you're going out with him that you know, you have you have to move back out or or should I just let her do it for a while and let it run its course and and not interfere or I'm really torn as to how how to handle it. It's a hard you know, that's a really good question, and it's a good thing that you're considering all of those possibilities right now, um, but it is a hard place to be because I can see arguments for both ways, can't you? Mm-hmm. The pro, if I, you know, and I'm not you, but if I'm just listening to this, hearing you speak, the pro to it is if she comes home, that's a great opportunity for you to be able to inter- have positive interaction with each other, for you to rebuild some kind of baseline relationship, you know, after being um, – separated for this period of time before instilling boundaries in the future and remembering that boundaries are something that you set as a safeguard against you. They're not something that you can put in place to automatically put punishment on the other person. That's not what the point of boundaries is. And we have so many questions about this, Joe. I mean, even just a minute ago, I was picking up my daughter from BBS. Mm-hmm. And ran into someone who recognized me, okay. um, part of our online course, and he was asking me a question about boundaries that I couldn't answer because I was in the middle of a church trying to pick up my daughter. But I was mm-hmm. like, you know, it's one of the things we have the most questions about. And so, um, you know, Joe, in this kind of circumstance, what what would your inclination be? John, a lot of it has to do with how much you can handle what I mean by that is this. If she comes back home and she continues to see the other guy and you know that she's seeing the other guy, it becomes whether or not that's something that you can tolerate or not. Now, we understand that when people think in terms of a long-term goal, they tend to do things differently than when they're thinking short-term. If you're thinking only short-term, then my guess would be you'd say, oh, no, if you're going to be here and do that, you can't live here. If you're thinking long-term and you believe that there is a possibility of putting the marriage back together – And if you can tolerate the pain, because I'm sure it's going to hurt if you know she's actually seeing this. It's it's almost intolerable now. And we certainly don't encourage you to endure pain unless there is some reason for enduring that pain. And so if you think, wait a minute, we've got a shot at this, and I can tolerate this for a little while as we put this relationship back together. And so I can do this for a while, but I can't do it forever. If you want to make that decision, then understand that your friends are going to tell you that you're an idiot. Mm -hmm. Your friends are going to tell you that you're absolutely wrong, that you're allowing yourself to be walked on and all those kinds of things. And that's why it becomes really, really important for you to think, okay, what is my ultimate goal here? And am I making progress toward that goal? 
Mm-hmm. So if she just comes back and your goal is long-term, I think we can put this back together. And if you can tolerate or handle the pain when you know that she's seeing the other guy, then, then if you want to do that for a while, then that may well lead to you putting your marriage back together. But you can't do it forever. I mean, mm-hmm. if you do it forever, then you really do become somebody who's just being used. Now, this is yeah. more of an art than a science which means that we don't have a definitive answer like, well, if she sees him three times, then that's the time to pull the plug. We don't have an answer like that. It's more of how much can you see that progress is being made and how much can you see the pain or how much can you handle, I should say, the pain that you're having. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes you might want to work with somebody like us to make sure that you don't allow yourself to be manipulated. What I mean by that, and Kimberly and I can speak more to it, is this, that if indeed you think that progress is being made, then sometimes having an objective third party that can talk to you about that is very, very important because you might think progress is being made when the other person is just manip- manipulating you to extenuate things. And, and I'm not saying right. you can't figure that on your own, but I'm saying it's easier to be manipulated when you have such a desire to put it back together. And sometimes that objective third party can ask you questions like, well, but when she did this or when she does that, John, do you think there might be other things going on? You understand what I'm talking about here, Kimberly? Yeah, I do understand what, you, what you're talking about there. And it, um, it's a hard place to be. It's gonna, I think the first question for John to consider, though, is going to be, number one, is she actually going to move back home? Yeah, we don't even know that yet. Yeah. It might be and a good point, yeah, if she wants to home. continue Remembering the relationship. Remembering back home right now, it's, she's not coming back home because it's her de- desire, from what John has said, because it's her desire to fix it, it's a place to be. So it's during that time that John really shows that he's been working on himself, the pies, I mean, you learned all those things in the workshop, John, because you came, um, but then as the desire grows in her of maybe this can end, maybe I do want to put the marriage back together, then that's where... I think the manipulation would become That's correct. the hardest because it, because then your emotion is she's wanting to come back, but she's telling me she wants to continue the affair for another six months. And it's in those kinds of situations where you're like, yeah, I think she might be manipulating you so that she can get both things that she wants. Right. Yeah. Is John, is this helping you at all? Yes. Yes. I, I do appreciate it. Okay, John, I'm so sorry for your pain. And uh, Kimberly and I are going to talk a little bit about boundaries here. So if you will, um, maybe not hang up and listen to us. Is there any other question that you need to ask? Because we need to move on. Um, Is it possible or is it a good thing to allow limerence to run its course? Or or should we try to intervene when we can to Mm -hmm. try to try to end it, I guess? Or intervention get her to intervention will not stop limerence, John. Limerence will run its course mm-hmm. no matter what. And and intervention will mm-hmm. not stop the limerence. Intervention is to stop behavior. It's not to stop emotions. Mm-hmm. And understand that limerence is an emotion and intervention does not help stop emotions. It can only help stop mm-hmm. behaviors or actions, my friend. Mm-hmm. So if this if it is limerence, it's just gonna have to run its course and I can't yes. really stop it or, or pause no, it or nobody. reverse it. No, that's right. Though we talk about things like you, you operate with the pies physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, you be the safe place because if anything's going to help shorten it, it will be you becoming the person to, to whom she looks. And while it does not automatically shorten limerence, it can help shorten limerence. 
Okay, John, I'm so sorry for your pain, my friend. Okay. I sure hope right. things work out. Okay, thank you very much. Kimberly, very quickly about the boundaries. We changed mm-hmm. and started using the word stop, mm-hmm. which is safeguards that offer protection. Because if you're trying to use a boundary to control the other person, it's probably going to work against you. Mm-hmm. People don't like to feel like they're being corralled, like they're put into prison. But a safeguard that offers protection is when you say, here's a ba- – well, if you want to use the word boundary, we quit using boundary because so many people use it to mean so many different things that we made our own word stop to say, if you're going to do something, make it a safeguard that offers you protection. Example, if, if your spouse is getting drunk on Friday nights, you can say that's not tolerable anymore. But it's protecting you. It's protecting him or her if they're getting drunk. It's also protecting your children. It's not something you're doing to try to control the behavior because you are the boss and you're going to be in control. It has to do with there are emotional protections, there are physical protections. And so when you offer a safeguard that offers protection, you can do that. And so if you say, okay, here's one of my stops, you cannot continue to see that other man. Then do that to protect yourself emotionally or your kids, but don't do it just to try to punish or control. Now, realize it may sound like that there's not much difference between the two, but there really is. There is, but, I mean, you might disagree with me on this. I don't know. We haven't, we haven't talked about this. I don't think people can really set good stops or boundaries alone. That's probably correct. Because it's such an emotional thing. And what tends to happen is someone either tends to sway really far to that I want to punish them and make them hurt for what they're doing, which, which is going to lead to that control. Like Joe was just talking about them feeling like you're just trying to sway their decisions in that way and it's going to backfire. Or they can tend to sway the other way, which is I'm just going to let them do everything in hopes that they're going to be happy. They're going to see that I'm the safe place. And they take safe place to mean that I'm supporting them mm. and letting them do these things until, for example, like Limerence runs its course. It runs its course. So I'm just going to let this happen until Limerence runs its course. And then they're going to see I've been the better option. I'm the one who's been there. And then they're going to come back to me. But in the meantime, they're being manipulated and controlled themselves and they just don't see it. Right. And so it, it's one of those hard things. And I'm going to echo what Joe just told John, call our, and get one of our coaches. The coaches that we have at marriage helper have been trained in how we view these things, how, and again, they'll, they'll ask you questions to help you make your decision, That's correct. but they also understand this is an art, not a science. They're going to make sure you're thinking everything through before you do something that might backfire or before you don't do something and then that backfires. So I would say call our coaches. Right. And the coaches will not tell you what mm-hmm. to do. They're trained not to do that. If one of our mm-hmm. coaches ever tells you what to do, <laughs> let us know because they're not living by their training. It has to do with they'll ask you the questions like Kimberly said and help you to think it through. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's always your decision. Mm-hmm. And not only should you not let our coaches tell you what to do and they won't, they're trained not to. But don't let anybody tell you what to do mm-hmm. because they don't live with consequences. You do. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're going to go from Georgia over to Oklahoma now, and we're going to talk to Joel. Joel, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How may we help you today, Joel? Are you there? Yeah. My can you wife, hear us? Uh, started a, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. My wife uh, started an emotional affair in early April, and it's gone further than that. Um, since then, um, she uh, – she moved out about three weeks ago and, and got her own apartment. And that right now she's on vacation with, with uh, my kids, my three kid children uh, for a softball tournament. 
and I'm trying to, uh, I've started the, the Save My Marriage Court program, and I'm trying to loosen the bricks to, to attempt to uh, get some communication going. There really has been, it's just been about the kids, and I've tried mm-hmm. to plant seeds, but she never responds to anything uh, via text. So I'm trying to figure out what to say to her over the phone um, because her her boyfriend's not with her uh, to try and get her to communicate and remove some some of the bricks from the wall that she's she's put up. So how do I, is there anything I can say to try and help remove those bricks? While she's with your kids in, at the tournament? Yeah, they're in, they're in Gulf Shores. And are you currently in completely separate places? I mean, what is communication like on a day-to-day basis when she's not with the, with the boys in Gulf Shores? Um, there's really none. She won't, she, she won't, it's, it's, if I need to pick up the kids or the times or, um, there's really not really anything. Well, the short answer is there's nothing that you're going to be able to say this week that's going to make a huge difference one way or another. Um, that's probably not the answer you want to hear, but you're, I mean, you're wanting to take advantage of the situation, not in a bad way, but you're wanting to take advantage of the fact that that boyfriend's not there. She's, he's not that bug in her ear that's, you know, getting her to do one thing or another, but there's other than continuing to, to do the things, you know, to do right. You said you're in the 10 week course, which is perfect. And the same, my marriage course, the thing that makes the most difference there is that you show a consistency in your behavior. So in the way that you're acting, the changes that you're making, you show consistency in that. If all of a sudden the boyfriend's not there and then you start blowing up her phone, calls, text, whatever, she might feel mm-hmm. there's something weird about it. And so y- you're yeah. being consistent is going to be what makes the difference. And using that smart okay. contact, um, you know, when, when you're, when she's in, not in Gulf Shores or in Gulf Shores, you know, taking the fact that you have children together, that's a great opportunity to start conversations when it's appropriate. And when there's a consistency in those kinds of conversations where she's seeing that you're, you're strong, you're gentle, all of those things, um, that's when it hopefully opens up to being able to talk about other things not related to your marriage. Mm-hmm. How is your day today? How's work going? You know, this, that, or the other. That's all I really know to say. Yeah, but to do that, when it, it seems right to do that. Mm-hmm. And so as Kimberly was saying, if, if there were some magic phrase, if mm-hmm. there were some magic words, I promise we would give them to you. Mm-hmm. We really would. And I see people on the internet that occasionally I saw an ad where somebody said, uh, you pay me X and I'll give you the magic phrase. And you'll say that and your spouse will do all these things. And that's just pure baloney. That's what that is. I started to use a different oh, yeah. word, but I got it nicer <laughs> and said baloney. Uh, so, when you talk, you can asking about, you know, how the boys doing the games, you know, how are things going down there? Those things are fine, yeah. but because they're part of smart contact. And when it feels comfortable, then you can say, okay, how was the day today? Mm-hmm. But don't ever push. Mm-hmm. And so there are no mm-hmm. magic words. It's consistency yeah. is the key. Now I know that you wish there were magic mm-hmm. and we do too, mm-hmm. but since there's not, as Kelly oh, yeah, said, consistency is the answer, my friend, consistency. Mm-hmm. So, so can you take anger as progress? Like we, we closed our account and I've been acting, acting good. We, she closed our bank account and I'm, you know, I've worked on myself and the relationships and I was just talking to the, the lady that was helping us. And she um, was so angry the whole time we were there. And then, then we left and I said, 
thank you to my wife. I said, thanks for doing this with me. I, I appreciate it. And she like ran and stormed out the door. Is that, mm. can you see that as a good sign or is, I, I was really confused on, you know, why she, and there's been several sure. occasions in the past week that she, yeah. Joel, there's no way to know. I mean, it can mean any number of things. Typically, when you see anger, it's because of pain. And so if somebody blows up with anger, you think, okay, where's the pain? Where's the hurt? And because we don't know your wife and we don't know all the situations of what she's in, what she's thinking, et cetera, then we can't tell you what she was feeling hurt about. Was she feeling hurt because she was ending a part of her life by separating those things? Maybe. Was she feeling hurt because of the well? I could speculate about a hundred different reasons, but because there's so many different hurts that could have led to that anger, we, we can't really give you any. Um, I, I would say this, try not to overthink this. Try not to figure out why did she do this? Why do you do that? Why did she do that? Because if you do, you're going to drive yourself crazy, my friend. But good job at not responding to the anger. Yeah, very good job anger. at that. That's, that's what you want to yeah. do. That kind of consistency and reaction is exactly what you want to be doing. So good job. Okay. Okay. I'll keep going. All right, friend. Thank, Thank you so you much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Okay. Hang in there and keep doing those right things. That's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, is that CA California or is that Canada? What do you think that is there? I think it's California. Okay. So we're going to talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Canada would probably be C-A-N. Okay. So we're talking Maybe. to Kim in California. Hi, Kim. How may we help you? Hi, Dr. Beam. Hi, Kimberly. Um, Hi. My question is actually related. Hi. My question is actually related to the last gentleman. Um, in, but my husband and I have no children. First marriage for both. Um, he, we haven't spoken. We haven't like spoken to each other in a year, in over a year actually. Um, and it's just basic business things. Hi. There's too much mail on the mailbox. You need to take it out or your mail is piling up. I renewed the mailbox, the, the P.O. box fee. There's been nothing, no communication other than that. And I'm just wondering how I can reach out to start opening the lines of communication. And, and I'm terrified of being rejected. I, I feel so much empathy for all of the other listeners here, that the, the pain, the unbelievable pain mm-hmm. that they're going through and the uncertainty. So I just want them to know my heart goes out to them. Um, mm-hmm. I'm saved. I'm, a, I'm an evangelical Christian. Um, my husband is not. I pray for him daily. Um, but I just want to, I want to open up the lines. And I, I pray for, for, for the Lord to open up the lines of communication between us. Um, but I was looking to you that maybe you can give me some pointers. Um, again, I'm afraid of rejection. So if you'd answer that, please, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. We can't help you change who you are. You can do that, but it's not going to happen with one phone call when we say do this, that, or the other. And so this fear of rejection right. probably goes back a lot beyond you know, the fact that you ever met him way before that. If you're going to do this, though, you're going to have to reach within you and say, okay, I need to get whatever strength I need to find so that if he does not respond the way that I expect him to, that I'm not going to react negatively. Now, since you say that you're a person of faith, then perhaps that's something that you would pray about. And if he does something or says something where you feel rejected, then you, because you're a religious person, then you say, God, do you know how I react to these things? Please help me deal with this. Give me the strength, et cetera. And when it comes to communication, understand that you cannot make a person communicate with you the way that you want. You, you do the right. right things 
your part that invite that and hopefully evoke that, but you can't control that. Mm-hmm. And so in the situation that you're in, right. the very things that you're describing, you already feel to some degree rejected. And unfortunately, more things are going to occur where you're going to feel rejected even more. And so if you can't handle that by yourself, if you can't handle it through your prayer, then I recommend that you get a small group of people who will be your help. And by that, I mean that when you feel rejected, go have coffee with them and tell them, look, I'm not being egotistical. I just need right now you to help me understand what value I have Mm. so that these people can build you up, not with false things, but build you up with things they really see in you that are not going to sugarcoat things, but can look at you and say, Kim, we understand you're hurt, but let us remind you about the good things. Let's remind you that God is in charge, all those kinds of things. And so I think that's going to be what you're going to need now is if you can do it by prayer, great. If not, you're going to need to have that group of people that you can go to when you feel rejected, because if you're going to make it through this, there are going to be times when that's going to happen. You're going to feel elated, like, well, things are going well, and you're going to feel rejected, like things are going badly. And there's no way to smooth that out. It's part of the process. Okay. I have one more question. Um, okay. I, I'm, actually, I'm actually partnered with Petra. As my coach, I've had one session with her. I have the home, the home course. Um, but, you know, I was told just to be vulnerable, but I am being vulnerable. I don't know what else I can do. You know, I just want to reach out to him, maybe say, you know, whenever he responds to me, he's not rude or anything. He's Good. not like that at all. So, so, you know, I have made myself vulnerable. I have made myself gentle. I have made myself, but unless, I, I, you know, when he, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to rattle on. Um, when he says like something, a business type deal, you know, the mail's piling up. Oh, thank you for letting me know. I'm very gracious. I'm very kind. I'm very mm-hmm. pleasant with him. He's not, he's not nasty with me at all. There's Good. just no communication at all. Right. I understand that. And you can't make that communication take place. That's why as Kimberly was saying to an earlier caller, consistency. It's what you do is you consistently be the best person you can be. Understand that the system that we teach, we can't guarantee that it will always 100% of the time work. What we tell you is if anything works, this will, if anything works, this will. And so uh, unless you have more to add, Kimberly, then my suggestion, my recommendation is to be as consistent as you can. Okay. Okay. Okay, Thank thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Well, I didn't mean to cut her off there. And now we go from Kim in California to Kimberly in South Carolina. Kimberly, are you there? Hey, Joe, I'm here. Okay. How may we help you today? Okay, so, oh, goodness. My husband and I, we have been separated, um, living separately for about three weeks now. Um, He decided about a couple months ago that this is what he wanted. Um, So I moved because the house we were in was related to his job. So um, he felt as though because he still worked there, it would just be best if I'm the one who left, (laughs) which I did. I did. Um, So, of course, I'm in an apartment. Um, Unfortunately, last week he lost his job. So he is having to, one, find work, but two, find another place to live as well, which could be hours away. I'm just not sure. I don't know what to do to, I guess, 
present myself, be there for him, get us back together. I'm trying to give him his space. He says he wants to miss me again and fall back in love with me again, and, and he's hoping the separation will work. And that's all the answers he has for me. <laughs> I'm just lost. I'm lost. Yeah. I'm. So why did you separate to begin? So that what was the reason for the separation? He wanted to miss me again. He loves. So he loves me dearly, but he's not exactly. He's not in love with me anymore. You know, when people say things such as yeah. that, like, okay, I want, I want to separate so that I will miss you and fall in love with you again. We typically hear statements like that as being not valid. Can like there's explain? an underlying reason. What we call it inside the Save My Marriage course is there's a reason behind the statement. Right. Because you think about it, it's not a logical statement, Kimberly. Mm-hmm. I want to miss you, so I'll fall in love with the other again. You know, you don't fall in love with people you have no access to. You don't fall in love with people that you're not around. Mm-hmm. And so when we hear a statement like that, I'm not saying that your husband's lying to you, but I'm saying that that particular statement really is nonsensical. It, it, there's no value or logic to what he just said. And the fact that, you know, if you're away, maybe I'll miss you. Could a person conceivably think that way? Yes, but more than uh, more than likely, that's not exactly what's being said. In other words, <clears throat> we would say in a situation like that, you need to evaluate. People leave a relationship for one of two reasons, or want out, I should say, of a relationship for one of two reasons. Either they're being pushed out by the behavior of the other person, or there's something out there that's drawing them. Now, sometimes it can be a combination thereof. And so we'd ask you, okay, was there anything that you were doing like being controlling, dominating, anything like that. Was there anything that you were doing that pushed him out where he wanted to be away from you? Now, I'm not saying that that means that you had to be perfect. There's almost always a little push in everything. But if there was a major push, then you begin to get an idea. Okay, then I was doing this, and this is why he wanted away. If that's not there, then you start looking for what out there is pulling him away. If there's no major push from me, what out there is pulling him? Now, that could be another person, of course, but it also can be a lifestyle. It can be like, I want to go do this, and I can't do this if you're here. It can be chasing some kind of a fantasy or a dream. I want to go do that, but mm-hmm. I can't do that if you're here. And so if, if you can identify, oh, wait a minute, I can see a major push that pushed him away, then you've got a great insight. If you can't identify that, and he hasn't been saying things over time to give you clues as to what that might be, then you have to think in terms of what is there out here that's pulling him away. Now, that's not always easy to ascertain. I mean, sometimes you don't have a clue what that is because of the way that they do things. It's mm-hmm. hard for you to figure that out. But what we would recommend, at least I would recommend, and we'll ask Kimberly to speak to this as well, is that uh, you consistently do the things we talk about, which is work on yourself physically, intellectually, Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, those Mm -hmm. things, you do that for you, and that you be the safe place when you guys interact with each other, so that if there is something out there pulling him away, that whenever the thing begins to fail or falter, and it almost always does, then he begins to look back at you and go, wait a minute, Kimberly's got all these things going for her. In other words, if people don't leave what they have unless they believe what to do and do is better, then you want to become the better. If right now he doesn't see you as the better, which he doesn't, or he wouldn't be doing this, then you become the better by working on yourself. And if anything works, that does. 
if anything works. Kimberly, am I saying that clearly enough? How do we can we better explain what I'm trying to say here? Me, Kimberly? Yeah, you're Kimberly. <laughs> I'm sorry. We had two Kimberlies here. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Kimberly. Before you addressed her, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, not me. Other, other Kimberly. Kimberly, are you a part of the Save My Marriage course by any chance? Um, I am not. Now, we did go through um, the full course in Nashville. It's been, gosh, seven, eight okay. years ago. So we're familiar with the highs. Mm-hmm. And he actually mm-hmm. mentioned that. You know, one thing we're missing yeah. is the spiritual aspect. And, of mm-hmm. course, right now, the communication. Um, but I honestly mm-hmm. feel as though we were here because he was putting his job as a priority and God and his family as second and third. Um, now, of course, the way I was coming across I'm sorry. It's interesting that he lost it, isn't it? <laughs> the irony. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, yeah, God, God works in mysterious ways. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Well, well, just to echo everything Joe said, which a hundred percent agree with, and you understand that that basis of it is having gone through the workshop, um, you know, seven, however many years ago, but, one interesting thing, just in some some studies not related to marriage that I've done, is that when there's a major life change, like losing a job, that's also when people typically tend the, to be the most open to other changes in their life. So this could be a really interesting opportunity at this time when you're working on you, um, you know, we don't know what the future holds for where he might end up, where you might go with that, but with you working on yourself, and I honestly believe that the Save My Marriage course would give you a much greater understanding of everything that we've been talking about because it's meant specifically for the person who's wanting to fix the marriage like you are. And so it addresses things from that perspective. Whereas our workshop that you went to eight years ago, seven years ago, however long it was, was meant for a couple, for both of you to hear those things. This one's going to be really triggered just in, in it, it's built just for a person in your kind of situation. And so this is a great, I mean, just a great foundation leap, leap point, even the fact that he's lost his job for you to, you know, double up on, on those pies, on being that better place. There's going to be decisions made here in the future, not to put any extra pressure on feeling like you have the ability to, you know, to speed that up, but just focusing even more of that attention I'm working on your pies, doing the, the smart contact to all those, all of those really good things. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of good, I'm optimistic over what the next few months would bring. Um, I know right now it's a hard place to be, but you know, God's in this, you've got it. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, Kimberly. And <clears throat> that's, um, I noticed it was a Kim before and then a Kimberly. Sometimes people call and ask about you or talk to you and they called you Kim and we yeah. point out, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Your name is Kimberly. I had a telemarketer call. Oh. And they asked me for Kim and I said, I don't know a Kim. Never met him. <laughs> There's not one that lives here. We all here know to call her. <laughs> we we all here know to call her Kimberly, I'll tell you that right now. Okay, so now we're gonna move to Texas and to Lynn. Lynn, are you there? Hi, yes, I am. Okay, Lynn, how may we Hello. help you today? So, um, 20, 26 years together, 25 years in November that we would be married. Um, April 24th is my D-Day. I still have him at home, and he's weighing back and forth. And um, I believe the limerence 
piece of it as the coworker that he's been texting to the emotional affairs been manipulative to him and um, I'm trying to understand what I can do on my part and how much more I can take for mm-hmm. us. Um, he, uh, we were doing good for a little bit last couple of weeks, got off his phone and then all of a sudden Saturday he was, I think I may have to still move out and get some space and figure things out. And then he took me out Saturday night and we had a wonderful time. So he goes back and forth and still mm-hmm. has intimacy with me, but tells me that there's missing connection. And I, mm-hmm. my part is I can't connect with you when somebody else is in your head. Right. Lynn, I'm so, mm-hmm. so sorry for your pain. I, I, we hate that you hurt as you do. Obviously, you love this man, and this man is causing you pain by what he's doing. Yet at the same time, it sounds as if you still deeply love him. Is that correct? Yes, I I love him. He's changed a little bit, but I know that he's under somebody else's control. Hmm. Not the man that I knew five months ago, six months ago. Well, if indeed he is in limerence, then that's kind of par for the course. We know that people who are in the limerence state, and, and we can't tell you for sure whether he is or not, but people who are in limerence are not really under the control of the other person. They're under the control of their emotions. And the other person does have some degree of ability to manipulate those emotions. And, and we hear it regularly. You know, he or she is not the same person they were before him. And this vacillation that you see where, you know, you out, you have a good time, you enjoy each other, and then he moves the other direction. The fact that you can be intimate, and I assume by that what you mean is that you occasionally still make love to each other. And then and then he says, even after he makes love to you, it's like, I really can't connect to you. That vacillation is also part of what we see in limerence. And so those things occur. And I know that telling you that it's kind of par for the course doesn't make it any easier for you. And I know that it doesn't ease the pain in any shape, fashion, or form. But at least now we have some idea of what's going on here because it really does sound like it is limerence. So how how can we help you, my friend? I guess my question is I've been trying to work on the smart contact and limit the type of conversations we have about us mm-hmm. but I know what I see from the five and ten years with our daughters one is getting married next year and the other one's 12 and is at the school that he teaches at, in which the other woman is at as well and he doesn't mm-hmm. see that impact right do I try to have that conversation or do I just let it happen and my cause my daughter pain hmm Well, it would be better if your daughter who's getting married is the one who has that conversation. And yes, there there is a time when people need to understand the consequences of the behavior. Now, if the conversation is had trying to control his behavior, it's probably going to work badly. If the conversation is held where she can say, I need you to understand my pain. I need you to understand what this is doing to me. Then that's an appropriate thing to do, not only from the daughter who's about to get married, but from the younger daughter as well. Let me explain my pain to you. Those things are okay. Uh, It's never pleasant. It's never easy. But those kinds of things can be done. The thing you need to understand, though, Lynn, is this. While you're in great pain, and I certainly understand that pain, and I feel great empathy towards you because of that pain. 
there is no thing you can do that's somehow magical that makes this thing better. So even if your daughters were to go to him and say, let me tell you how I feel. Let me tell you how this is hurting me. And by the way, I'll say again, that should not, in my opinion, come from you. It should come from your daughters. Don't expect it to work miracles. Might it have a fast effect on him? Possible. and may. But then again, it may not have a fast effect on him at all because people who are in the limerent state, if indeed that's where he is, and it sure sounds like he is, people who are in the limerent state are working off of these deep brain chemicals affecting emotions, and they are not very logical people. Mm -hmm. Um, They, uh, They don't know. They don't know that he has another woman. They just know that there's issues and that we've been trying to work on it. <clears throat> well, here's that what I recommend. That they see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it will. Here's what I recommend. If if they already are asking the questions, they already see that things are going on, they already, they already have these things in their head. If it were I, now you have to make your own decision. We can't tell you what to do. But if it were I, if I were in your situation, here's what I'd do. I'd go to my husband and say, my daughters know that something's going on. They just don't know what it is. And they deserve to know because they're already asking the questions. They're not dummies. They, they are intelligent. They know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And so you need to tell them, but I'm going to be there when you do because I don't want you to throw me under the bus. And I promise that I'm not going to throw you under the bus either. I'm not going to let that happen. And as you do that particular thing, okay, I would suggest if you do it, you do it like this. You say, if you don't tell them, I will. And I'm going to tell them on this date. And you pick a date, I mean, a week or two in the future. You have until then to do that. But understand, I'm going to be there when you tell them. I promise you I'm not going to throw you under the bus. I'm not going to try to make you painted as some evil person. But if they ask me questions like, do you want to save this marriage? I'll tell them the truth. Yes, I do. And if they ask me questions like, are you hurting? I'll say, well, yes, I am. So I'll tell the truth, but I'm not going to throw you under the bus like your dad's an evil man or any of those kinds of things. And again, if it were I, I'd set that deadline. You have until blank to have this meeting with them and I'll be there. And if you don't, then I'm going to have to tell them because it's not fair to them. It is not fair to them that they go through this pain, not understanding what it's all about. They know something's happening. They see the hurt in me and it's not fair for them to be in the dark. Now that's how I would do it. If we're right. Any comment on that, Kimberly? I think that that's right on. Um, I do. I, it's a hard place to be mm-hmm. what Lynn, what you're going through and for some reason, I've I've lost the call. I'm sorry. But um, where you are is a hard place to be. And our thoughts go out to you. Our prayers go out for people in your situation. That's why we're here. It's why we exist. And anything at Marriage Square that we can do to help you through it, we're absolutely, absolutely here for you. And so we're so sorry for your pain. Mm-hmm. We really are. We are. Well, we're going to go to our next caller, Kim, another Kim. I didn't even realize that. Another From Kim. England. Kim, are you there? I am, yes. Oh, you Hi. have such a beautiful accent. Why don't I have an accent like that? You do, but it's Southern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kim, how can we help you today? Um, basically, my husband left the family home in um, February this year. Um, and he said he didn't love me anymore. And I said, can we work it out through marriage counselling? He didn't want to. Is there anyone else? There isn't. So I gave him the space. And during the Easter break, I called him about something, and it 
automatically answered and he was on a date with a lady. And it's since transpired that she divorced last year, he's left me this year, and it looks as though they've had this pact, to, you know, to come together after he's left me. Um, but it looks like he's been cheating, you know, last year or the year before, because my son recognised the lady from last year. My question is, we are both living in England. I was born in England. My husband is from South America. This girl is from South America. And they they have been put together by a, a relative of my husband's when he complained mm. about the issues that we had. They look as though they get on very well because they're from the same place. And that's my concern. Um, she's much younger than my husband. My husband's 56. She's 44. Uh, she doesn't have any children. And I just feel... It's not. I, th I think it would have been even easier if he had just had a one-night stand and said, sorry, can I come home? But he's not saying mm -hmm. that. He's telling everyone that he doesn't want to come home. And that's mm -hmm. devastating to me. And he, neither does he want to have a discussion about what went wrong. But we tend to do it on WhatsApp a lot of the time. So, you know, I want my husband back. We've got two children. We've been married for 19 years. And I'm not sure what to do at this point because he's just been rejecting me when I sort of let him know that I miss him and things. Hmm. Well, Kim, I have so many thoughts going through my head um, with about everything that you've been saying. So your, but your main concern is, well, what if he has more in common with her? Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. So the first place my mind went to is, so are you familiar with what we, with the pies that we speak about? Yes. Oh yes. I've written that down. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I've been working Great. on those. Good. So the, you know, there's the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual, physical, we're not going to worry about physically. So physically, not that we don't compare to the affair partners. But physically, right. this woman's from South America. So she's the same. I mean, you can't change the fact that you're English and she's South American. Mm -hmm. But if you start looking at the other things that they might have in common, so interests that your husband has that perhaps she shares or something like that, you can do those same things. You can grow in your, what, we, what falls under the intellectual attraction that we teach, you can grow in that and become more intellectually attractive towards your husband by mm -hmm. gaining interest in the things that he's interested in, whatever that might be. Um, you know, I, I don't know because I don't know your husband. <laughs> he's interested in cricket. He's kind of a quiet chap. Cricket? But he doesn't want to talk to me. Apart from doing business, sorting out the children, mm -hmm. he does not want to have a conversation with me. He slammed the phone mm -hmm. down at me. He doesn't want me in his car. I visited his property. He said he doesn't want me there. Don't come back. Um, but we have had sex a few times. You know, when his mm. affair partner's been away, and it was our anniversary, so I brought him some dinner. And I uh, had a nice time. I wore something that I never wore before that he bought me. But as soon as it was finished, we were by the door. He said, don't come back. You don't need to be here. Hmm. So well, there's not a lot of, of opportunity to talk. Yeah. That kind of behavior, unfortunately, is pretty typical for somebody who is in a situation like this. And I'm so sorry because it's certainly hurtful to you. It, it's not loving or kind. 
And so I hate the fact that that's happening. But in the long run, ultimately, you're not in competition with her. Mm-mm. You really aren't. What's going on here has to do with him being in an emotional state where he thinks that this is better. You have likely heard us say, if you've listened to much of what we talk about, that people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. And what yeah. I'm hearing you say is that you're afraid that she, in his mind, is better because she's from the yeah. same country, because she's younger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that yeah. probably is the case right now. Now, did I hear you say that you have children together? Yes, teenagers. And how old are they? And they're really upset, 18 and 15, but uh, haven't taken it very well, so I've got them counseling because they're religious people, and my husband is somebody who preaches, or he, he used to, but they've stopped him doing that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Have they talked to him about what they feel and what they're going through? Um, well, have the children spoken to my husband? Yes, mm-hmm. Um, my daughter hasn't seen him since Easter. She refuses to see him. She's that cross. My son will reach out to him when my husband reaches out to my son, which is sort of sometimes once a week. Sometimes he doesn't see my son at all for a few weeks. It's just either yeah. when my husband turns up. But okay. uh, my daughter, no, she's refusing to speak to him. And how long has he been involved with this other person? No one knows, but it's for some time, definitely during the marriage when he was at home. Um, mm-hmm. It could have been for years, like two years, because he's posted things on, on, on social media about, you know, when you're mm-hmm. married to the wrong woman and you see the right woman, this sort of thing. So nobody knows, but the cousin who set them up knows. And so it's gone on for a little while, so they're, so they're very established. It's an established relationship. They're cooking for each other. They go shopping together and that sort of thing. So definitely last year, but I don't know exactly when okay. this started. Okay. Well, actually, it it could be. It could be limerence. But here's the good thing. If it is limerence, then time is on your side. What I mean by that is if they really have been together two years, if that actually is the accurate time frame, then it means that at some point limerence is going to end. But your competition really isn't her. It's what Kimberly's been talking about, you becoming the best that you can be. And if your children are going to have interaction with with him, then... If they were to tell him, this is what I feel, this is what I feel based on your behavior, then sometimes that can be a very powerful thing. Now, it doesn't work instant miracles. It doesn't. But it puts more information into that, like, I'm causing pain to other people. Now, uh, uh, whoever that relative was that put them together, uh, I already don't like that person because how <laughs> dare uh, how dare that relative do that? And and the other thing, you referred twice to this woman as a lady, and I would disagree with that as well. <laughs> if a woman is involved with somebody who is a married man, then she is not a lady. Not a lady. Not in any shape. I have asked her to leave him alone, but she she refuses. She said it's an us now, and she's not going away. And she loves him to bits. I did ask yeah. to leave my husband alone. Well, I'm a firm believer that people reap what they sow. I mean, you know, some people call it karma. Uh, yeah. with what goes around comes around, all those kinds of phrases. And people who would like, I'm going to take a married man with children. I'm going to take and make him mine. Mm-hmm. What she is sowing, she's going to reap at some point in her life. And it's going to be really bad when she does. Now, I'm not saying that to say, yeah, we should feel good that she's going to hurt. I'm just saying that what people do comes back to them. And when it comes mm-hmm. to you and your husband, are you in our online course by any chance? I have. I'm not because I haven't got any money, to be honest. 
I've got the state uh, have you talked to the rent. I don't mm-hmm. have any money to do that. Okay. Have you talked to any of our client representatives here? I did initially, and they've sent me some videos, and I've watched most of them, and that was about a month ago. Do you remember who it was? Um, Not offhand, but I've got it on my email. It wouldn't be too difficult to find the name. If if you will contact that person, I'm going to talk to all of our client representatives, and we're going to help you out when it comes to the online course, because I really want you in that online course if you will agree to get into it. I'm going to make it where that can happen, okay? Okay, thank you. And so whenever you go back on your emails and find out whoever he or she was, uh, yes. please communicate with them. And today I'll send out word to all of them about what I want to do to try to help you, okay? Yes, because I want my husband back and I love him. Mm-hmm. I can see where I went wrong in the marriage. We're Christians. Uh, we had lots of issues. We had health issues, ch- you know, the children bullying at school. I had so many issues, mm-hmm. different issues. And during that time, we've just kind of grown apart. And... Mm-hmm. Um, he just, before he left, he said he didn't love me anymore. Yeah, well, I know that hurts considerably, but yeah, when yeah. We, we hear that so much that we don't react to it much anymore. Right. We'll do everything we can to help you, Kim. We really will. Thank you. And if you'll look that up today and, and send an email to that client representative, we're going to do what we can to help you, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you. Thank okay, you, Kim. thank you, Kim. And we have to learn how to speak like that. She, <laughs> I, I was actually about to try, but I don't want to embarrass myself in front of so many people. Um, I could probably do an Indian accent. <laughs> Your producer just did this. Cut out. Don't do the accent. <laughs> Jesse loves trying to do accents. We'll have him do it one day. But she sounded so strong. And I like I, her. I think it's because her name is Kimberly. Yeah, well, that's probably part of it. But, <laughs> exactly. But I was impressed with that lady. She sounded like yeah. she had quite a backbone on her. Yeah. And, and she, yeah. uh, people like that who are that strong, mm-hmm. they wind up okay no matter what happens. It's true. And we've talked a few times throughout the program today about that Save My Marriage course, which is it. What we why we made that course, bottom line, is because we want to help you. Be the best you can be. Be strong. Be confident no matter what happens in the future of your marriage. Because we can't guarantee that it's going to bring your spouse back. Right. But we can guarantee that if you do these things, you will become a better you. You will become a better person. The Save My Marriage course, we open it and close it throughout the year so that the people who join it can get the best experience in it that they have with the with the 10 weeks that they're in it. You get lifetime access to the material, but um, we do have these 10 weekly group support calls that a lot of them are done by Dr. Beam. And so you can join, you'll be able to ask questions about certain topics throughout the 10 weeks that go along with the course. And so we really want to add not only the material that you learn over the 10 weeks, but the ability to have that, uh, that more intimate touch point where you're able to ask specific questions, get insight from, from Dr. Beam, from some of our other leaders at Marriage Helper. And also we have a community that goes with it. It's a secret Facebook community of people who have gone through the course, have implemented the things in their own lives, and will celebrate with you on the good days and will be there to encourage you on the bad days. And that community, the people who are in it, call it a family mm-hmm. because it really becomes I mean, we talk about be careful who you get support from, be careful who you talk to, be careful about the advice you give. That, what we have created in that Save My Marriage course are people who are champions for your marriage, and they're not going to see your spouse as 
the person that doesn't deserve to come back because they've all experienced it themselves. So our Save My Marriage course is open for public enrollment right now, and it closes tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Remember a couple hours ago, I reminded you about the call you're doing tomorrow? Tomorrow night we do the first call for the people who are in the course. It is. And uh, and so they need to do that. Wow. If they yeah. sign up as late as tomorrow, can they still be on that mm-hmm. call tomorrow night? They can, yeah. So um, Central Time here in America, if you sign up before 5 p.m. Central Time just to be safe, then you'll be able to get the access with the, you know, how to get onto that call. But again, I highly encourage every caller that we've talked to would be a perfect person to go through it. If you're listening to this and you're saying, I, I, there's things I still don't understand. I don't know how to apply this. And you're spending hours trying to piecemeal Google and Facebook and just trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. We have streamlined it for you and we give it to you week by week. And you have the group that goes with it and you have the calls that go with it. And it's just, I mean, I wouldn't put my name behind it or marriage helper's name behind it or Dr. Bean's name behind it if it wasn't the best thing. And it really is. It really is. So I highly encourage if you have questions about it, you can call our office during our office hours. One of our team members will be able to get you more information about it. Or if you're on our mailing list, maybe you've been getting the emails about it, you can go ahead and join that way. But we want to be able to help you in that way to the best way possible. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited for it to, to link, start up. And Jesse put the link. Very good. Thank you, Jesse. He put the link right under the video on YouTube or on Facebook. So if you're watching this later or watching it live, then then you can access it there as well. Okay. And then we're going to, pardon me, we're going to go to Jane in Colorado. Hi, Jane. How may we help you today? Hi. Um, I have a question about limerence. Okay. I have been standing for a year and discovered my husband's affair about four months ago. And he, hmm. he's, um, he doesn't know that I know this part, but he's involved in um, a sex website that involves group sex and many uh, deviant-type behaviors with his affair partner. Um, none of that was pleasant to my knowledge before any of this started. We've been married 11 years. Um, hmm. So a couple other things. I've listened to all your podcasts about midlife crisis. <laughs> So I'm going to say he's going. He was going through a loss, which was um, career related. Um, mm-hmm. He was at a very dead end job for four years. Um, never. He went two or two years for sure without getting any raises, and he just wasn't be able to be creative. And he just was stuck. And he was he was looking on and off for a job for like two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely see a pull towards this lifestyle. And gotcha. I don't know if the lifestyle started before or after he met the affair partner, but I'm curious if those sexual deviant behaviors are typical of limerence. If I may ask, how old is your husband? Uh, 37. 37. No, it's not typical. Now, if indeed he started that lifestyle before he met her, that's a different animal than if he met her first. For example, if if, if he is in limerence with his affair uh, partner, and we don't always know whether they are or not, but if he indeed he is in limerence with her, people in a limerence state will typically do anything that they think the limerent object wants them to do. And so if their limerence with her started first, and then after they got involved with each other, she said, oh, I also want to do this, then while it's not typical, in other words, it's very atypical, then we would understand, okay, he's doing this because she's convinced him he needs to do this to keep her. Now, 
if indeed he started the other relationship first, or I should say the other lifestyle first, if indeed he got into that group thing as some kind of escapism. And in that group thing, he got involved with one person and she becomes more important than the other people. Then we would anticipate that in all likelihood, he will at some point leave that lifestyle. Because people who get into that lifestyle and then connect with an individual often will leave that lifestyle because they they become very jealous of that person. Like, I don't want him or her to be involved with anybody else. And so since we don't know which came first, I don't know which one of those is more likely to occur. Now, could there be even a third option or a fourth option? Surely there can be because people are so unique and so individual. So the short answer is, no, it's not typical. The little longer answer is, if he got involved with her first and she let him into it, then she's actually led him into a situation that's going to destroy the relationship because she, the jealousy he has for her at some point will destroy it. If he got involved in that first and then got connected to her, again, it's extremely likely that the jealousy he's going to feel toward her at some point is going to destroy it when he sees other men having sex with her, even if he's involved with other women. Now, if it's not limerence and he's just drawn to that particular lifestyle, it will be forgive the word, but fulfilling, it's not really, but I'm using that word to explain things, for a while. But after a while, it won't. After a while, it's like there's no real emotional connection here. There's no really fulfillment here. And so if he's doing that as escapism, in other words, it's not really limerence and it's escapism, at some point, it's very, very likely to fail. And so all the way around, with everything I've mentioned so far, the fact that he's involved in that indicates to me the great likelihood that that's not going to last. Everything I've said so far, that it indicates to me the great likelihood that that won't last. Now, is it possible that I'm wrong? Of course it is, because people are so unique. But I would think the fact that he's into that stuff means that this thing is doomed. Now, here's the question for you. If he wants to come back, and if you're trying to decide to take him back, are you mentally going to be able to cope with the fact that he was involved in group sex situations with a lot of different people? That is something I'm working on. Um, I'm, I started EMDR therapy to help me deal with um, some images that I saw and some of the details that I saw that I should not have seen. So hmm. that's um, the good news is he's going to the workshop with me in August. And Great. The, awesome. The whole, the whole yeah, the whole thing, the whole reason why he left me was because he said he wanted to be in an open relationship. So mm -hmm. he's with this girl knowing that they're, they're having sex with other people. And I'm so very glad that the workshop talks about open relationships. I also wonder if he has a porn addiction or a sex addiction now. I mean, that stuff wasn't present before either. So there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Which, which August workshop are you coming to? Um, August 2nd, the first weekend. Okay. Well, I'm very glad that you guys are coming. We look forward to your being there. I'll, I'll be there for a little bit of that one. And uh, since my PhD, my doctorate degree, had to do with studying both marital satisfaction and sexual satisfaction, uh, if indeed you or he have any questions when I'm at the workshop, then we can go off in one of the breaks and, and get into another room and talk about some of those things if you need to. Okay. Now, I won't Perfect. be there for that entire yeah. workshop, but I'll be there. I'll, I'll have a presence at that workshop, but I won't be doing the entire workshop. 
Okay. I wasn't supposed to say that, was I? <laughs> <laughs> the cat is out of the bag. <laughs> Sorry about that. I wasn't supposed yeah, to tell that. Yeah, but I'll, I guess mm-hmm. I'm wondering um, about, like, sex and porn addiction. Can that stuff start up during limerence? I don't know if that's what it is, but. It can. It can. But typically only if you have limited access to the LO, to the limerent object. So, People who are being very much involved with the limit object, if they can't have access to that person because he or she's pulling away or something like that, then that can lead into pornography or into other partners. But it doesn't sound like that's a situation that's occurring here. He's already moved out, so I think he has a lot of access to her. Yeah. Well, I look forward to you guys being here. I look forward mm-hmm. to meeting you. When you can. Be sure to pull me aside and let me know that you're the person that talked to me on the program, Okay. Okay, sounds good. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Jane. All right, well, our time is up. It is up. Lots of good calls, lots of great callers, lots of questions about limerence. Do you know anything about it? (laughs) (laughs) I've been studying limerence for many, many years. We started talking about limerence when nobody else was talking about it. Now a lot of people are talking about it. Here's something I advise you to do. If you're typing limerence on Google or some other search engine, discount about 99% of what you see. Yeah. Because most of them don't really know what they're talking about. And if they write about it at all, it's because they've been studying the works of Tenov from the 1970s. Tenov was a great groundbreaker. So we have lots of kudos for Tenov. But we have learned so much more since then. Mm-hmm. And most of what you read about limerence on the Internet is based on antiquated information and or just pure speculation. And so if you're going to look yeah. it up, I recommend – this is going to sound arrogant. Forgive me no, for such. But you need to go to our – marriagehelper.com if you can read about limerence look at it because we keep up on the latest research on it we know what's going on and we have dealt literally with thousands and thousands of couples where that one of them was in limerence with somebody else and please don't let the stuff that you read on the internet by other people mislead you because they'll confuse you and all those kinds of things also you can go to youtube please do i if you love our show, love what we do, please go to youtube.com slash marriage helper and subscribe. We are doing, uh, we're putting our best marketing efforts and content efforts and efforts of Dr. Beam and, and the people on our team into giving great content on YouTube. So go and subscribe to the channel and be sure to like our videos when they come out. That not only will you get first access to know when the videos are, we, the new content becomes available every single week, but it also helps us to be able to help more people. The more subscribers we have, YouTube likes that, and so it helps help more people. You know, just today our CEO chastised me because I'm a couple of videos behind on yeah. posting them. They're going to be really good. One coming <laughs> up that he's going to do is on sexual rejection's effect on a marriage. Another one is should we have sex while separated? That was a question for some people. And so if you want to know when those videos come out, go and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Link in the comments. Link in the comments from Producer Jesse. Okay. We look forward to talking to you again next mm-hmm. Monday. And otherwise, we'll see you on YouTube or on marriagehelper.com. Thank you, Kimberly, for being with me today. Thank you.